is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian is pumping his fist again. We're flexing. I'm not really sure which one. But it means he's excited, everybody. It means he's excited. We just recorded a podcast. I'm always excited with these episodes. If you had a tail, you'd be wagging it. You know? (laughs) That's the truth. That's how it works. (laughs) Be pumping my foot and purring. Cat. Oh, my gosh. Um, It has been... Such a uh, such a crazy journey in this uh, fitness and wellness and podcasting world, and and what's great is that we have a platform, right? That we can share people's information and help change the world, and and it was you know kind of a almost a split second decision where we were like, hey, let's podcast, right? Right, and making that one decision led to other decisions and and something else, and kind of the domino falls, yeah. and we're always kind of living with that whole idea of idea of hold on to that word of you know chasing wellness and helping other people and that really kind of carves out what we do in life or yep or or giving these people that we bring on an opportunity and a platform just to hey what's up how's it going tell us what you do and who you are and all these things Mm -hmm. and uh and here we are today talking with one of the industry leaders Mm -hmm. that uh you know really is you know excited that she would share time with us and and uh you know we get to talk about we get the backstory and we get everything so this is the owner and ceo of idea world i'm gonna drop the mic at that and let you think about that for a second amy thompson is just someone who started out with a passion for movement and fitness and you know went to college and and started as a personal trainer and she's going to tell her entire story of of following her dream and finally getting to a place where she was like oh it's me I'm the one who's going to step into my greatness and change the world so I've just I love Amy I think she's just a wonderful Funny, intelligent, driven woman. And those are the people I like to be around. Totally. You know? Um, So I really think you're going to enjoy this. And we had the chance to spend some time with Amy and uh, the entire crew out in rainy San Diego when we were at Ursa. We talked about this. But we cannot wait to head back to Idea World in July and do some podcasting. I'm going to be doing some presenting. And... um, Y'all should go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You're going to like this one. You're going to really be inspired by Amy. She's a powerful person in the industry, but she's down to earth and she can speak to us and, and really just, you know, tell us the story without, uh, uh, yeah, look, she's a very, she's a very humble leader and she's, uh, and she's fantastic. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. I think you guys will too. Uh, so please check it out. Amy Thompson, Two Fit Crazy in a Microphone podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
another amazing episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Christine. Thanks for being on time today. I, I was early. I was not <laughs> early. on time. Early is on time, okay. right, in our world? All right. So this episode has been a couple years in the making because it's hard to nail down such uh, such talent and success in the fitness industry and beyond. We're so excited Finally, finally, we are getting the Amy Thompson, uh, the, I would say, I don't know, ruler, the, um, what, what should we say? The, the, um, I don't know, controller, the center of the, the, center fitness of the solar universe. System. Um, no, honestly, Amy Thompson, um, the seriously owner of idea world is with us today. Amy, how are you? I'm doing good. You're making me laugh already. I hope I'm not going to laugh through the whole episode, but thank you. The center of the universe. Yeah. I, I'll go with that. I yeah. like that. Well, that well awesome? where else are we going to be, right? Oh, we love it. So, Amy, I'm really excited to get to share some of your story from just being so passionate about fitness and movement to, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to, you know, run idea world and be one of the most powerful women in the fitness industry to this day. So that in Can and I of say itself, hum- humans in the human, fitness industry, human. men, women, I know, yes. but we've got right? it. It's humans, but also I have to give a shout out to the women. Fair enough. Okay. I have to do that as well. Um, so I'm just excited for our listeners around the globe to hear about your story, what you did and, and hear what you're up to because there's always something. Always something. So always something. Yeah, Amy, where are you joining us from, by the way? Um, so I'm in San Diego, California. That's where Ideas HQ is. That's where I live with my family. It's the home I chose. It's not where I was born and raised, but it's the home I chose. Yeah, and we got to come hang with you out there a couple weeks ago back in March. And I got to say, it wasn't sunny California the week we were there. <laughs> it was yeah, not. Chamber of Commerce is going to sweep that one under the rug. Oh my gosh. So Amy, tell us, let's go back. Let's start. Let's, let's start from the beginning. Where are you originally from? Yeah, let's do it. So I was born and raised in Provo, Utah. And the next sentence that usually comes out of my Mm -hmm. mouth says, I'm one of 10 children. There you go. I fit all the cliches of everyone who knows Provo, Utah. (laughs) Um, But I'm literally one of 10. I'm third born. So we have five boys, five girls. And, um, you know, it was interesting being one of the older children um, and being raised in a religious community. I was never really there was no expectation of my parents for me to go to college. They were both college graduates. My father played football in college, but there was no pressure, no expectation that I would go to college. It was optional for me. Um, But. When I was younger, I found that I had a passion for athletics. I played basketball. We had great success in my team. I played volleyball. We also had great success. And so that really kind of became my platform to get out of the house and to go to college where I only had one roommate instead of three. (laughs) Yeah, right? College. That's funny. Wow. Yeah, most people are sharing a room for the first time. You had – you got – yeah, awesome. All right, so now college. So we have we have such great stories in in the fitness industry and beyond of 
normally where you end up is not exactly what you thought your life yeah. was going to be. So when you were when you were growing up, when you were younger, did you think in any way, shape, or form that this would be where you're at? What what were your what were your thoughts of yeah. who I'm going to be? Well, when I went to college, um, it was interesting back in the time. So I'm 51, just turned 51. That means I'm an early 70s baby. And when I went to college, there weren't a lot of like exercise science degrees, kinesiology at the time, but there was phys ed and health education. So that was the path I chose. I got my physical and health education degree. I specialized in athletic training because I thought, all right, I can be a basketball coach, tape some ankles, help with recovery injury, be a mom, all those things. So that was kind of the life that I had envisioned for myself. And, you know, there weren't a lot of other examples out there. That was kind of one of the examples I could see with my limited view of the world. Uh, but then when I did graduate, um, I'll, I'll just continue with the story. So I, I did graduate with my degree and then... I was putting myself through uh, massage therapy school in Washington, D.C., because I went to George Mason University in, in Fairfax. And then after I graduated, I put myself through sports massage therapy school. So like most people in our profession, I'm in extended school. I'm working as an assistant strength and conditioning coach at my alma mater. And at the same time, I got my first job as a personal trainer at an all-women's club in Chantilly, Virginia, actually called The Women's Club. Mm. And that experience was what changed my trajectory forever because it was there that I saw that I had so much impact. These women showed up really, really wanting to reach a goal, whether it was to change their body, to improve their health, to overcome um, disease or disability, and the contrast of that experience to the other experience really just set my, set me on fire to be passionate about being a personal trainer. You know, most people get to that point and then it's like, okay, now I, I have to go do what I should probably do for the rest of my life, which is get a, you know, a quote unquote real job, right? We've all had them uh, and, and, and things like that. So, you know, at that point, did you, you know, kind of just tilt towards some of the degree background, athletic training and coaching and things like that? Or did you just keep going with the fitness? Yeah, so I kind of patched it all together. And this is what's interesting. So I moved to back, I moved to California at that time for the, for the first time to California, I was like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I know I don't want to stay in, in uh, DC. I knew I did not want to go back to Utah. So I decided to move to San Diego. And I started um, again with many jobs. I was working with the sports massage team here in San Diego. So we were working events, doing pre and post event massage. And then I got a job at the sporting club at Aventine, which sadly doesn't exist anymore, but it was a high-end club where we had a really strong personal training program. And I got started in the grind. Like I was the person who opened the club at 5 a.m. I worked until about one and then I seven, eight. And I did that for, you know, about a year and a half straight um, until I got tapped on the shoulder to step into management. And that was really the first opportunity that I had to step into a leadership role in our space. And to be honest, it was really, really hard to make that decision because I absolutely loved my clients. I loved making a difference, all the impact. And I knew that becoming a manager, I would have to give up that clientele. And so it was really a chance to say, 
you know, I know I won't have direct impact with the client, but if I can work with these 15 other trainers to have impact, think how many more people I can help. And so that was like one of the early pivotal moments in my career where I chose to step into leadership um, deliberately because I knew I could have greater impact. So, so now we're going, so now this is, this is your first taste of this. All right. Leadership. What, what was that like now? You're at this, you know, higher end club. Was it everything you imagined it would be? <laughs> it's all that you imagine it to be. And then a lot more. Um, well, first of all, if you, for all of those of you out there who have ever stepped into a leadership role of your peers. So I'm in my early twenties and here all of a sudden I was, let's just say partying with all of these friends and now I'm their boss. So there was a lot that was, that was there that I had to learn to deal with. I had to find a certain maturity right away. I had to distance myself from some of those parties so that I wouldn't see what was happening and, and have to fire those people. But um, all that said, I had a great mentor. It was Lisa Druxman. She was the one who had become my GM and I took her job as personal training manager. Um, so she helped me, guided me, kind of taught me the, uh, the ropes there. But then she left to have her first baby. And then I took her other job as general manager. So I, um, I advanced within the club, but to me, that job was even more challenging and probably one of the most challenging roles I had had in my career because our GMs out there, it's an isolated job. Yeah. Like you're getting, you have all these stakeholders, you have your employees, you have the members and you have the people above you who own the club, the ownership or your um, other peers. And you, it's really a challenging role. So that was to me more challenging because I didn't have as much guidance mentorship as I had had as a personal training manager. A lot right. of business, yeah. a lot of business that we don't always realize in the fitness industry that I think the most successful people that we've come across in the last, I don't know, however many people we've talked to in the last six years has been, you've got to have some sort of business savvy. There has to be some sort of business background, right? Or something that is not just fitness that pulls in. And it's great. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you can, you're great with anatomy and kinesiology and whatnot, but there's a certain point where you hit that ceiling, right? Of, well, if you don't know this, or you don't have this skill set, then what are you going to do? Yeah, those soft skills, right? Those people skills and, and working and, and all those things. And, and you're right. You got to sometimes take a step back and say, all right, I'm this person's boss now. And uh, they're not going to like it. Uh, and, and I don't want to know what they're doing, right? Some of that, too. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. First, jo first time in that position, what's something you went in and you said, I'm changing this. I'm going to – I need to change this. This has got to go or this has got to be better or what? Yeah, well um... – so again, I'm dating myself, but there was no Excel. There was no Microsoft Word. Everything was manual systems at the time. Mm -hmm. So our personal training signature cards were manual. Our appointment book was a book of paper mm -hmm. with the tabs one through totally. 31. Yeah. So, um, so that was something when in this period of time, we were all learning how to use these new tools and to do everything on the computer. And that was really a fun and interesting time. And talk about learning new things along with the rest of the world. Um, that was really fun to figure out how to digitize our business 
And, and granted, it was not software and all the, the platform and tech we have today, but we would move that system into an Excel system or into an electric um, calendar. So that was a fun time to be in the industry and figure cool. out how to reinvent those systems. Remember when everyone, you had a drawer? Like there was a drawer and like yes. your workouts oh, over yeah. there and like you go in there and sometimes oh, yeah. there'd be some new stuff added to it, you know, and you walk in. You're like everyone's filing. You know, I was under the P's for Prendergast, you oh, know, my gosh. it was like crazy. Yeah, when we found an article we'd like from Idea Fitness Journal or something, we'd copy it on the copy machine and put it in everyone's drawer so they could read it. <laughs> and then they had to like sign off that they read the material. It was kind of a whole different world. For all those young pups out there, that's what we did. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so great. Oh my gosh. So now, all right, you've got your first, you know, big girl, I'm a GM and I'm making this happen. This is, I've, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's your first, I made it. I don't know. And so where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, and I skipped a couple of steps um, in there. I was also a national personal training director. So our single site club got acquired by a big chain while I was personal training manager. And it gave me an opportunity to oversee more clubs I was running about 10 clubs in Southern California and I had a counterpart, Chan Ganaway, who's still in the industry. Oh, yeah, running. Chan. Yes. He's, he's, he's a, uh, he's graced our airwaves. He's, Love he's him. a, um, what is it? He's, he's been on our show. He's a fit crazy alum. Yeah, he's a fit crazy alum. <laughs> he's pretty special. So he was running the NorCal club. So I had a chance to work with him at that time. And that's where I learned about scalability, learned about, you know, how to replicate successful programs and successful trainers. So um, the other thing I was doing during that time, which is uh, also important for your listeners, is I was blending my personal passions into the club's business. So as an example... I had a passion for basketball, as I shared. Um, I, we had an empty basketball court at my club. So I started women's and men's leagues out of our club. And we actually ended up having a semi-pro women's league called National Women's Basketball League that was a feeder to the women's NBA at the time, which had just started. So that was making, it was kind of filling my bucket and my personal passion and the club was making money. They were happy. Um, and then I got to just meet more people in the city because I was still kind of new to San Diego. Um, so that's one example. We also did a fitness competition for women, kind of like what CrossFit is today, but combined with a bikini. So imagine doing <laughs> CrossFit competition all day and being on stage posing at night. That was the competition I was training women how to do and competed in. Uh, but again, it was a personal passion and I was making money for the clubs that I worked for. So I was becoming like a little rock star with them. They're like, hey, keep bringing the money in. Uh, but I, all the while I was having fun doing what I wanted to do. So you're developing all this business acumen as you go, right? You're kind of exactly. like, I, I don't want to say winging it, but you're, you're establishing it, right? You're growing, uh, you know, all your knowledge and everything as you go. And, and at what point does it get to be where it's like, all right, so now I'm, you know, I'm not a trainer anymore, right? Or, you know, maybe yeah. you are even on the side, but, you know, what point does it kind of get to be like, all right, I'm, you know, in the fitness business industry mm-hmm. now? Yeah, I mean, decisions that you have to make along the way in terms of, you know, 
difficult letting letting people go because they're not aligning with your mission, your culture, your values. Those were a lot of lessons learned along the way that weren't fun, but I learned from them. Um, and then as GM, as I said, that was a that was a really big challenge um, to be a GM and to deal with the different stakeholders. And there, I I did lean into uh, my soft skills. That was where I started to see that that was something it was my powerhouse, if you will, or my superpower that I could be an effective leader and not do it the traditional way that I had seen other male dominant leaders or other even female leaders use. And so that was a good example for me and something I could lean into. But from there, shall I move on? Yes. It's 30 years. I mean, we better hurry I know, I know. But it's all, it's, <laughs> it, this is all building to where we are today, Amy. So yes. it's very important. Yes. Okay. Let's keep moving. So, um, so at that time, I mentioned Lisa Drexman. She had gone off and had her first baby and started a fitness franchise for moms with their babies called Fit for Mom. Mm-hmm. So she was having great success. We kept having lunch together and she'd say, come work with me, come work with me. And I'd say, no, no, I'm over here being GM and doing all these wonderful things and I love it. And I took your job and I love it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we kept having lunch. Finally, it was time for me to start a family. And I realized that the travel that I was doing at the time and the job I had was not gonna be conducive to, um, to being a mother for me at that time. So I decided to work with Fit for Mom, and I started with this franchise. She's the franchisor. We had over 300 franchisees in three different countries, and I stepped into a role as her COO running her uh, franchise with her. So that was the first real big girl job. Like that was after being a GM to to being a COO was, um, was a big challenge and a lot of fun. Um, and in that environment, it was, we had a super supportive mom friendly culture because we dealt with moms and babies all day. So here I was, I was really able to hone in on all of my emotional IQ and of course, all of those soft skills as a leader. They were, they were actually needed in that environment because all of the far majority of our franchisees were women. Our clients were all women or parents with babies. And so um, it just demanded a, a different skill set for me or honing in, I should say, on the skill set I had kind of started to recognize was my superpower. <laughs> what's, what's fascinating is that you're not getting this from a classroom. This is everything that you've said has been, wow, I, I did this. And then I, I thought about doing this and I, you've been, you've, you kind of step into things and say, I, this is my passion and I'm going to do it. And here's what I'm going to do. And is there, and I have to ask you this because most, most people trip over themselves and they don't, they don't do what you've been doing, what we're getting to. Is there something that you think it's just something innate where you're like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm an actor versus, Ooh, I'm a little bit afraid. Yeah. I'm actually very cerebral and I do question moves and contemplate and I have to, what I found works for me is to really step outside of my day to day, my busy, I have to schedule time when I can be deliberate about looking at my career from a helicopter view. And so that happened later. So the next chapter was, um, we had those babies and I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. So I don't want to leave that question hanging. Um, 
Amazing. I was, I was having, um, I was teaching stroller strides in the morning with my baby in the stroller and then the nanny would come over and I'd run the business all day. Those first few years were absolutely amazing. And coincidentally, I taught while I was pregnant and I would forget my stroller. My class made me practice with a stroller and a stuffed animal and I would forget (laughs) my stroller and the class would be like, no, it's going to be a real baby soon. So anyway, funny story that, that, uh, Lisa and my old teammates love to tell, but I, that was magical, wonderful years. And it was the first time I made my career work for me and the lifestyle I wanted instead of the schedule I had told you before where I was mm-hmm. working so many hours a week, so many hours a day. This was the time that I took all of that in and I said, it's my turn to make fitness work for me. Then we decided we wanted grandma in our lives. And so we picked up from San Diego, moved to Colorado My husband and I said, whoever gets the best job first is going to go to work and the other parent's going to stay home and be with the kids. That was our plan. Okay. So I got the best job first. Hey, look, you can, I would drag my heels in that situation. Honey, go out there and get it. (laughs) My husband's still waiting to retire. He's like, sweetheart, you know what I want to do? I want to be a stay-at-home dad for the rest of my life. And I'm like, sweetie, I'm... We're, we're just, working on it. Yeah, okay? we're just going to break in baseball mitts all day. And uh, yeah, it's all good. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it didn't come as natural for my husband, although he's an amazing father. And it, it, my son was only two and a half at the time, and my daughter was five. So we pick up, we move to Colorado. The company I'm working for had 27 clubs over seven states. So we knew it would require travel. The minute we get in Colorado, we didn't even have a house yet. We're staying in a hotel. They're like, put her on the road. So all of a sudden, I leave for a week to the East Coast while my husband is with the two-and-a-half-year-old and a five-year-old in the hotel. We were really, really second-guessing our choice at that point in time because that was that was a tough period for us. Um, but it did pay off. Ultimately, we found our rhythm. We got a house. It, he um, found his way as a stay-at-home father, and he's amazing. Um and so then I stayed with that company for several years. But the the story I was getting to was, again, I stepped back from the experience. I found I was, over time, less effective in that role because I didn't have the support of the leadership in that company that I had when I was new. And over the years, they kept expecting the 10%, the 10%. Mm-hmm. And those of you in the PT world know what I'm talking about. And I, I was honest with them. I studied the business. I knew the markets. I could tell them where we would see more growth and not, and that would just didn't meet their expectations. Um, so it turned into this churn game of hire more people so you can meet the goals. We don't care if they don't succeed. And we got stuck in that cycle and it was really defeating. And I, I had to say, why am I, why am I doing this? I don't love it anymore. And what's next for me? Because I do love fitness. I do love health and fitness, but I'm really struggling with this current leadership and business model they're, they've generated the hamster wheel. Um, so it was at that point when, again, I stepped away and said, what I'm missing in my career that I'd like to explore is I want to see what it would like to be like to be on the supplier side of the business. I think I'm pretty good at sales all these years of selling PT and programs and group X and memberships. So I um, found a recruiter and we found a place for me at Les Mills U.S., And so I then started, yes, I was still traveling a little bit, but it was a really fun job. I got my first global exposure. I got to have meetings with the stakeholders. So my whole job was to get 
in front of the VPs in the C-suite to introduce them to Les Mills model and the licensing and get the programs into their clubs. And I absolutely loved it. It was a lot of fun. It's, it, that's kind of an easy sell too, because Les Mills yes. is, is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was and very, if, very turnkey. If you, if you are in the fitness industry and you have not taught Les Mills at some point in your career, like you're missing out. You know, there's there's something to be said for the skill set of teaching body step. That's all I have to say about oh, that. Yeah, that's a tough one. No joke. <laughs> no joke. You know, you got to try everything once. A little body pump, mm-hmm. a little body step, whatnot. But holy moly! Um, but that is a fun. That is a fun company. That's. A, yes. I would say culture. I'm not going to say cult. I'm going to say culture. They yeah. have a culture <laughs> that is crazy fun. Oh my gosh. I um, I remember one of my best memories there was going on tour with Rachel Newsham, who is the creator of Body Combat. And I, I had seen them come to Idea World and I saw the lines around the booth uh-huh. to get autographs and pictures with all the program directors. But I got to go with Rachel to my clients' clubs, and we went through several different states. We flew, we drove, spent lots of hours in the car with her. We ended up becoming really great friends. But when we would step into a club, I would watch hundreds of fitness professionals, not just the members. These are fit pros, crying over (laughs) how she had changed their lives as an instructor. They brought her gifts. They would just, it was, it was unbelievable to travel with this fitness rock star and see how she was impacting people again and again. And that was when I, I really saw the impact of one personal trainer. Again, I told you I stayed in the industry because I felt I was making a difference for right. maybe 10 women. Rachel was making a difference for tens of thousands of people. And I was just, again, um, it made a tremendous impact on me to see the, the, the ripple effect of one really great pro. So anyway, that was a special tour for me. <laughs> I, I just think that that's what a lot of us see. It's, you know, we, there's, there's something to be said for those, you know, 10 people that you change their lives. And, that, and some of us feel, you know, even when I was teaching, you know, like Christine, why, why do you not feel satisfied? You know, you're changing the lives of all these people. And it's like, because you have something in you that, you know, you don't, you don't know why it's just there that, you know, that you're destined for something bigger, something greater, some bigger reach, you know? And if you don't follow it, it's going to eat you and you're going to regret it. And it's, it's going to kill you. But you know, like you're someone who realized that about yourself and you, went for it. That's why I like you, you know, that's, that's why <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but uh, you went for it and you followed that and that's, you, well, know, you get it. You see like yeah. the genuine oh satisfaction from people like that, that, that those moments are, you know, you can see the impact and they can't even hide it. Right. Like mm-hmm. they, if they, even if they wanted to, they're just happy and healthy and, and, and that's mm-hmm. because of you and, you know, and you know that they're, everybody in their life is seeing that too. So it's kind of like, it's just an extension of you and, and, and then it just keeps growing and growing. And, and, you know, and here you are, right? You're at idea world. We're going to get to this in a second. Yes. So like, you're just like hanging out at idea <laughs> world, right? And you're going to all the shows and you're working and all these things, but you're, you're in and around this idea world. And, uh, you know, yes. any inclination at that point where you would, uh, end up. Yeah. So, well, that's out? when, it, when it happened, it was when I was happiest and felt like I was making an impact that I got a, a call from a recruiter and they said, 
you know, we've looked at your, you've been recommended and we've looked at your bio and we feel like you are the unicorn we've been looking for. So I didn't know the job they were interviewing me for at the time, but they said you would be required to move back to California. And I was like, really? No, please don't twist my arm. I'm joking because we really wanted to come back to California at that point. It turns out, turns out that the Colorado is lovely, but it was way, way cold for us. So, um, and there's no ocean there. So there was that. Should have heard. Um, Anyway, so I interviewed, I got the job and I came back to California, moved the family back to run idea as VP. And also it was owned by private equity at that point. So we had lots of sister brands like yoga journal, clean eating, better nutrition. And I was also overseeing oxygen magazine. And so I got to work with all of these other influencers. So it was a really, really cool experience. We had idea fitness journal, we have idea world. And now I was running another magazine and I had all these for the first time, stepping into a true media um, environment. And that was also a challenge. I, I needed to be curious and learn. And and um, and then really, as I'm leading this team of at IDEA, figuring out what the FitPro wants and needs and how we're going to um, to emulate that or to, f- to fulfill what they need. Um, so I was, I was in, I guess it was about that time, I'd been VP for about six months and then the pandemic started. And it was awesome. I came into idea to rebuild the culture in the office because people wanted to be remote and work from home at the time. And they're like, we really need people in the office. We're going to make that one of your number one priorities. And then the pandemic happened and everybody's out of the office. So that was that was fun. Um, I've had to figure out how to build culture in a remote environment, which is also a good challenge for leaders. But um, as time went on, we were sold to a different equity group through the pandemic. We all know what happened in our industry. It's estimated 40% of our businesses shut down, whether they were brick and mortar or independents. Um, print was a challenge for everyone who was in the print industry. And of course, events were all forced to go virtual. And so that was also a huge challenge. So at one, one day I was having a meeting with my supervisor at the time, and he started the conversation by saying, what's next for IDEA? And meanwhile, I'd been working with a business coach who was always in my ears saying, Amy, why don't you start your own idea, Amy? Because I share with her some of the challenges I was experiencing and the business was experiencing. Why don't you start your own? Why don't you just buy it? Why don't you do this? And I was like, oh, I can't. I can't. Like, who's? they're not going to sell this to me. It's just me. And it's owned by private equity and blah, blah, blah. And then meanwhile, in the other ear, my husband was giving me the same messages. And so the universe was telling me, it was me. It had always been me. And it was in that moment when he said, what's next for idea? I literally jumped out of my chair on a webinar call and said, it's me. It's always been me. I connected the dots and I just knew that I was in that seat at that time for a reason. And I asked if I could buy the company and they said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. That's amazing. I love this. This, Seriously. Do you not have like, you know, little uh, goosebumps from this? This goes back to the whole, you know, you weren't ready 20 years ago for this. You weren't ready 10 years ago for this. It was all of those steps and all of those yeses that you said and all of the, wow, this is scary. And like we, I said before, so many people trip over themselves and you had your, you had your business coach, you had the people in your life that were supporting you that said, why, why not? What, what do you have to lose? And it's, you finally believed it and said it. And now- Amy Thompson, you are what? What is your position? 
I'm the owner and the CEO both. So I'm running the company every day, all day, and I am the owner of Idea Health and Fitness. So we carved it out of the private equity group. Um, we're the only, we were the only B2B facing brand. So we carved out the association and, um, and now it's back to being what I'm calling a 40 year old startup. Um, yeah. it's, it's run by a family again and it's just a small business again. And it's fantastic, right? We got to go to Vegas last summer, you know, and that was unbelievable. Uh, you know, to be in the same room with people again, it was kind of the first one back, right? I mean, there had been some things, but for the most part, that was the big gig uh, that everyone had to be at uh, after the pandemic. Yeah. The, what I have to say too, and I know you're saying a 40 year startup, which is what is so amazing is that it's not like you took on something that didn't have this great reputation before that people weren't aspiring to. And, you know, 20 something years ago, I'll date myself too. 20 something years ago when, um, when I first attended a fitness conference and, you know, fitness was always my side hustle. It was always what made me happy. But again, it was, I was told it wasn't a full-time thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now we laugh about it. Um, but it was, it was always, you had to do something else. And I remember walking in and, and seeing some of these presenters and everyone would say, oh, this is a great conference, but you have to go to idea. You have to go to idea, 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 idea. So even when I first got into this industry, I didn't even know what it was, but I was conditioned to believe that that's where you want to be. And that I think was so fascinating, you know, as I look back and the people that were presenting at idea, I was like, oh, wow, those are, they really know their stuff and they really, you know, have, have put in the time and the years and the work and how are making a difference. And I always thought, you know, Hey, if you could present or be at idea, you're making a difference. And, and it's interesting because again, some people feel that they're happy with those 10 people. Right. And some people feel, no, no, no. I know that I could, you know, make a tidal wave and not just a ripple in the water. Um, and that's what I think is so amazing that you're, you're stepping into something, making something even bigger and even better when it already has a good reputation that I think is, you know, you can't beat that. So you, your little family startup is, might be a, you know, a little understatement, right. but that's just me. Right. Well, people ask me why, like, why would you put your family's livelihood behind this dream and this company, knowing, knowing everything it needed? Cause I was leading the org at the time and all the challenges that the industry's faced. And the why is exactly what you just said. It's because I, idea had been there through every step of my career. So that whole story that I just walked you through, I was introduced to idea in 1997 when I moved to San Diego and I would read the magazines and I would go to the conference. I had no pennies to rub together. I was so poor, but I would share a room with three people. I'd work out all day long and dance all night and have so much fun and come back and make such a difference for my clients. And I couldn't wait to do it again every single year. I went to every event. I read every magazine. I eventually wrote for the magazines. I eventually got to be on stage. But every step of my career, no matter what my job was, whether I was director or COO, I went to Idea World and I looked to them as the gold standard. So that's Idea's promise. And it has to continue because all of us as fit pros, we need this platform so we can stay inspired, so we can get our bucket filled, so we can look for best practices and learn from what's happening in the industry. So that's the why truly is it's here to inspire, uplift, and support all of the pros out there and business owners that need us. All right. right. So tell us now. When is 
idea this year? Can people still go? Is it too late? What's happening? All the things. Go. Yes. Okay. So I don't know when the show will air, but I'll tell you the dates. We are in Los Angeles this year at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and it starts on July 12th with pre-cons, and then July 13th is when all the big ceremonies and all the opening party is, and then the the Friday of that week, the 14th, is when the expo opens. So Really, if you're a fitness professional, if you need your CECs, or even if you don't, but you want to come get all the latest and greatest, you're coming for that whole time. Um, if you are coming for the expo, it's Friday, Saturday, and this year we're bringing in teenagers to introduce them to our profession. So we're doing a career discovery day on Saturday. Um, we've always had a college discovery program, but this now we're taking it even a generation younger to inspire our future fit pros. And then, I mean, you're going to have hundreds of presenters and sessions to choose from. Whatever your jam is, there's going to be a lot of it. I love that. And and I have approached my former high school, where I actually coach now, about that. They have a health and science path career that put that kicks them off into college, and, and, and the, the state schools work with them if they come out of that program. And that's what I said, because we need that level of education for these kids, just to, whether you're planting seeds or really pushing them, you know, or getting them in sent in that direction. It's so important. I love that. That's so, that's great. Um, yeah, they, and they were, they, they were really into it. Um, you know, I just, you know, I told them cause you know, medical fitness and all these different areas of fitness, uh, you know, it's not just about, you know, clanging and banging and sweating and pumping iron and, you know, and, and doing all these things. There's just so much to it as we know, but you know, to those kids, they're still like, you know, posing for magazines and things like that. So, uh, you know, just, a, just a great yes. thing. Uh, I got to ask you the same question though. So you, you buy, you buy idea and you're now in charge and you're running things. Uh, what's the first thing you said? I got to change this. I got to, oh. well, besides getting them all back to the office, right? Well, we needed a lot. Um, the first thing was really, um, just again, making sure that the business that we had intact is the future. And so everything we've been doing is to innovate this, this brand that's been the pinnacle for so long into what will help to address the future FitPro. When we started events, there were no other events. Um, when we started our publication, there were hardly any other publications. When we started uh, putting these CEC courses online, nobody was doing it. We have 900 courses, 15,000 articles on our website. But now any fit pro could get access to a learning management system and put up their own course. So a lot has changed. And as well, we know that the fit pro themselves um, has different needs per se. A lot of people don't even know what a CEC is. Like we're saying that CECs are so important. And if I came in through a franchise and I only know how to teach that format, I may not even have a, my my certified personal trainer or understand the need for CEC. So we're re-educating the industry. We're striving for that gold standard, but also meeting people where they are. And we know any gateway into our industry is wonderful. We want to support, embrace that professional and show them a viable career path. Uh, so that's what we're focused on now, while also having a, a, an amazing event at Idea World. Um, it is still the biggest global gathering for fit pros and business owners. So hands down, the biggest stage in the industry, the um, Academy Awards, if you will. It's been called the Super Bowl of our industry <laughs> by many. So if you're out there and you have no idea what idea is, go to ideafit.com. You'll get all the information, videos from past years, and you just have to be there. You have to be there. And I'm going to be there. 
present as like we're going to be there presenting. So come visit the two fit crazies. This is like, I'm very sorry, Amy. That's nice that you said everyone should go, but like now it's a call to action of, you and know, look, it's a party too. It is it's, a party it's too. It's a great time. That's right. It's a great this is time. This your audience. So yes, the two fit crazies will be there on the dance floor. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Now I get it. So everyone now we, if, even if they can't make it to idea, I do think it's really important that everyone just takes a look. Go to ideafit.com. Take a look at what's there, the continuing education. You know, it's a lot of inspiration and it's a lot of, hey, maybe this is something that may just be good for me or maybe be something great to change someone else's life. And that in and of itself, just having that education available is it speaks volume and it has to get better. It, you yes. know, it's, it's great. It has to get better. I just, that I feel like that's one of the things that the fitness industry doesn't get really well. I think that they, you know, I, I think CECs, most people will take things that they are comfortable with or they like, and just kind of get it done and get it over with. And that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help them as professionals. It doesn't help the people that they work with so much, you know? And I just think that having such a variety and having, you know, a catalog of, of courses and things that they can take and, and you know, and, and, and get through it and, and get, you know, with great presenters and great educators that are there at the time. You know, I think it's really, really, really important. And, and for us to be taken seriously, too, I think that's another shortcoming of, of the fitness industry is that we're, you know, we're not always looked at as, as you know, beacons of health or, or, or anything, you know, and, and the industry's bad at it. Trainers are bad at it. The public perception of it is bad. It's none of it's exactly what it needs to be. Um, but right. I, you know, I really do think that uh, that you're on top of things, uh, and we're grateful that you are the one who's on top of things and and, and doing this. Uh, because uh, you know, look, as we've mentioned throughout this podcast, you you get shit done. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, listen. If you, when we have another hour, we'll have to do a part two because when you talk about essentialism and advocating for our profession, Please. I could talk for yep. hours. We've just started World Active. Idea is really at the forefront of advocating for our profession and higher standards and quality, so that we can be taken oh. seriously. So that is like my, that is like my right. my hill to die on. Like between that and paying public school teachers more, like those two things, I'll <laughs> die. I'll die with. All right. So uh, yeah, please get us in. Let's do that. Oh my gosh. Yes. So um, before we before we let you off the hook today, I know that you are you're really a big advocate for health and fitness and wellness in the industry. Is there anything in the world going on right now that um, yeah. that you want to mention? Yeah. And, and as I said, we, so we just came back. I went to FIBO for the first time, which is, uh, it's like 11 times the size of my show, but it's for, it's a global gathering, but it's more consumer facing as well. Anyway, what we did there was really, really the first of its kind. We brought together associations from all over the world have now formed what's called world active and idea again is at the forefront of really advocating for North America. There's a couple of other organizations that are there as well. And our whole goal is to be a unified voice for our sector. And we're tackling issues like equity. We're tackling issues like standards and credentialing. We're, we're tackling issues like what is the marketing message we're putting out together? And how do we do that effectively where we really are advocating for health and wellness and well-being and not so much just body image. So those are some of the things that we're working on, but it's really the first of its kind. It came out as a result of 
the pandemic and the challenges we all faced. And so I'm really excited to be at the forefront of some of that important work. I've already volunteered to be her assistant. So don't even, don't even. No, what I was going to say is normally when we'd have somebody like you on this show, I'd ask you, you know, what does the fitness industry get wrong? Where are we, where are we failing? And, and you, you're on top of it. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's one, 100%. That's, you know, the exact thing that we, again, pound the drum over here uh, on that is that we're, we're bad at it. You know, we're bad at marketing. We're, we're, we're not inclusive. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we market to the people that would use us anyway. Uh, and you know, it's just a matter of, of kind of opening up and understanding that when we do, there's a lot more opportunity and a lot more money and a lot more of all the good stuff. And we were able to help more people. So, uh, here, here, uh, preaching to the choir for sure. Yes. And uh, again, once again, we're happy you're on top of it. Amy, will you just maybe give our listeners just one golden nugget? Last, <laughs> yes. the last, last thing. Yes. This is okay. a la- yes, go. Yeah. So here's, here's what I want to share with everybody out there who touches the industry. If you're in the industry, full-time, part-time, enthusiast, love it. Now is the time to don't talk about it, be about it. We say that in my house all the time. Don't talk about it, be about it. If you, if this stuff fires you up, if you really want to be involved and be at the forefront of creating a better industry for all of us so we can truly reach every human on this planet, then now's the time to get involved. So go to ideafit.com. There's three other great associations who are leading this effort. There's the um, American Council on Exercise has is involved. Fitness Business Association is involved and Medical Fitness Association. So the four of us are leading North America. Um, go to one of our websites, get more information. There's press releases. We're just at the very beginning. So my message to the entire industry is don't talk about it, be about it. Now is the time for us to act so we can really um, organize and find our place in the healthcare continuum. Slow clap, All right, Amy we're going to drop the mic. Drop the mic drop on that. the mic. That, and again, that's why we do what we do, Amy. That's why we started our podcast years ago, because you see the need and to give some education and unbiased information to those who need it most. So we cannot thank you enough for taking the time out of your crazy schedule to be with the two fit crazies and a welcome, microphone podcast. Welcome aboard the crazy team. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the uh, the um, good ship fit crazy. Great, yeah, great. awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I was going to say the annals of the two fit crazies, but okay, that as well. Um, yeah. We are super excited for everything going forward, and we know that you know we're proud to support you in any way we can. And um, ideafit.com. Get out there, everybody. With that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.